Good morning, everyone. My name is Kalia Owens, and I am here to bring you guys through the Nursing Lens, an interactive podcast where we'll discuss nursing news, highlight nursing topics and careers, as well as build our nurse tribe. On today's show, we'll have Nurse Alice Benjamin, who is a respected health professional who has appeared on various health and wellness shows, as well as being a regular contributor for local and national health news segments. She has a dynamic and uncanny way of putting the fun back in health fundamentals and putting you back in control of your mind, body, and soul. Nurse Alice has been a nurse for 20 plus years. She was inspired to become the best cardiac nurse in the world after losing her father to a massive heart attack in the ER while she was in college. It was then she actualized the impact of health disparities and decided she would commit herself to a life of educating people to live healthier and happier lives. Everyone, let's welcome Nurse Alice Benjamin. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hi, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yes, I'm I'm really excited. It's early, but I'm excited to talk with you. Yes. So, Miss Nurse Alice Benjamin, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're located, and how you got into nursing, health, and wellness. Okay, so obviously I'm Nurse Alice. I have been a nurse for 20 plus years, can't believe I'm saying that, right? (laughs) Um, I'm based here in Los Angeles and um, true story, um, I didn't didn't know that I wanted to be a nurse at first. Um, I thought I wanted to be an accountant because I wanted to count my coins, get to the bag. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, my dad, it really inspired me to become a nurse. So, um, and once I decided to become a nurse, I haven't regretted it since then. So I love, I love, love, love being a nurse. Yes, that's so good. I feel like most nurses who are nurses like love being a nurse, especially when you've been doing it 20 plus years. You absolutely have to love it. Um, What's your background in nursing? Uh, My background primarily is cardiac, ICU, critical care. um, And most recently in the last couple of years, I've added emergency room to that. I know. know. (laughs) But you know what? In nursing, there's so much to do, but we kind of find our niche. And then we get moving in that niche. But then in the back of our mind, we always kind of wonder, like, I wonder what it would have been like to work here Mm -hmm. and what it would have been like to work there. So I encourage people to just, you know, to go for it. There are so many things you can do in nursing. And if you want to, you know, try working in a particular area, even if you don't have any experience in it, I say go for it. I say, you know, um, because in nursing, we just have, we have options, Mm -hmm. options. So try it. If you don't, if it's not for you, then you can go back to stuff, you know, what you're, comfortable doing but just go for it so with cardiac so you said cardiac icu critical care er so which one so far has been your favorite oh that's <laughs> a hard question it is, it is it's a hard question because um they both have different things they scratch different itches if i could say that uh-huh. uh, cardiac and let's you know it's cardiac and i was in spot let me say this i was drawn to cardiac because my dad died of a massive heart attack Mm-hmm. So it was something that really, um, that I really became passionate about because of what my dad went through and what, you know, I was seeing in the community. I was like, no, I gotta, I want to make a difference. So I felt like investing myself, my skills, my expertise and making moves in cardiology would be helpful, not just for me, but you know, for the people. And 
So yes, that was one thing. But then going to emergency room, it really, you know, even years later, we hear about this stuff on TV and the news, but you, it really made me appreciate how the emergency room is used. Mm-hmm. So yes, we get, you know, people with heart attacks, people with strokes, but people who are uninsured, mm-hmm. how they use the emergency room and just getting to see everything. So in the, in cardiology, I was a specialist, actually I'm a clinical nurse specialist. Okay. And in the emergency room, it was just like a jack of all trades. So like, I'm like, I can go anywhere. I'm ready to go. Let's roll. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like I've had uh, a very colorful and well-rounded experience with those two areas. That's good. Um, one of the things I was thinking about was how much our family really has an impact on nursing and like who we are and what we end up doing. And I, I became a nurse and then my mom very shortly afterwards had to get a trach and she had to get a trach. She had it for two or three years. And so after that, I felt really, really passionate about taking care of patients with trachs because I felt like they were really misunderstood. And so nurses were always scared of trach patients. They would always wait until like the respiratory therapist went and suctioned them and did things. And all I could think about was my mom and how, you know, how scared they are of being suctioned and how just it's all new sounds and how much your breathing really affects your anxiety and and how it affects just your day-to-day life. And so I was like, you know, I think I'm going to work with trade patients for a little bit just to, you know, really bridge that gap there and really help people understand it's scary for you as the nurse, but it's 10 times scarier for them as the patient. So absolutely. I think then that's kind of similar to what my dad, you know, it's just like the experience on the other side uh, of the bed, um, the bed rail there. So, um, I mean, I've been a patient for uh, for some things, but just what, being my dad and being a family member mm-hmm. and watching the interaction with the healthcare team, mm-hmm. you know, you experience some good, you experience some bad, and then it, it just kind of made me formulate. Okay, you know what? When I get my opportunity to take care of people, I'm gonna do it like this. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna do it like that because mm-hmm. I didn't like that. That was scary. That hurt. Or mm-hmm. you know that I you know so that lived experience really. Um, shines through in what I do. Because every time I'm at work, I try to make sure that the person at least feels in, somewhat informed. I know it's very complex, but at least under has a good understanding of the basics and feels okay that they can ask me questions. Because some nurses, and I'm gonna just go ahead and put it out there, because there's, you know, <laughs> real, some nurses are really sticky. Mm-hmm. And you like, um, you know, you already asked that question, like, why does the patient keep asking me that? Mm-hmm. Because they're not nurses. They don't mm-hmm. know and they're afraid. So I always make it, a point to make my patients and their family members feel very comfortable about look I just explained something to you I'm probably gonna walk out and by the time I walk back in you're gonna forget it's okay it's okay I want you to ask me again because I want you to know and so that really you know builds trust in the relationship between the nurse patient and the family it really does. I was just thinking that when you when you are either a patient or when you have to take care of a family member that's a patient, it deepens your empathy once you get back to work and once you go back on the other side. So I completely agree. I had an aha moment um, transitioning my dad to hospice and I recognize that we don't always recognize that family members are suffering as well. And so we're very technical with them and we're very, these are the rules and he's not due for pain yet. And it's not time for this. And we're really cut and dry and sometimes type A. But once I recognized that I had a nurse that was like that, and it's just not conducive to a family that's suffering, that's hurting, that's trying to heal or trying to transition. And you get a really kind of sharp technical person. You're like, oh, okay. I just, 
where's the light, fluffy, happy nurse? Like, <laughs> well, one thing that I've learned is that you know, because we have our orders and you know protocols and things like that. But at what I what I feel has been helpful for me is kind of just stepping back and saying, okay, what does the patient want? Mm. I know we have these orders. I know we have these medicines and all these things going on. But what does the patient really want, and what's going to help them in their journey in their transition? so that they have a quality of life. And let me get out of my head about mm. you know, all these technical things. So I think that's one thing. When I go into a situation, I always think about what, is it, what does the patient want? Because sometimes our goals aren't their goals. Like we mm -hmm. might say, we want you to walk a hundred feet. And they might be like, you know what? All I really wanna do is be able to walk from my doorstep to my bedroom and dance in my son's wedding. Mm -hmm. it. So we mm -hmm. have to be respectful of that. And sometimes we just, not, not me, I'm, you know, but some of the, some of the nurse family forgets that sometimes. I agree. So with, with that, I think that that's really helped to um, just develop your um, empathy and your understanding with the community and then you're in health and wellness. So what are some of the things that you kind of practice with health and wellness? Who's your main community or population that you um, really encourage to practice good health and wellness? Oh, okay. So that's a loaded question because, well, let me first start with um, who my kind of target audience or the population I work with. I mean, I work with everybody, obviously, but I'm really, um, and for, and for my own personal reasons, because of my dad, I'm very focused on helping um, communities of color, African-American communities with their health and wellness. I mean, disproportionately, they suffer from heart disease and diabetes and things like that. And I think a lot of that is there's, there's some disconnect between the healthcare community and communities of colors because of, you know, things in the past and how we've been treated and, um, you know, having food deserts. So there's lots of social, economic, and other things that play a role in it. And I try, to, I, my goal is to be kind of a change agent. Take what I know um, and the resources that I'm aware of and kind of bridge the gap to my peoples and explain it to them in a way that is not intimidating, in a way that they can understand. And, you know, cause I feel like I'm that cousin or I'm that auntie. Or that big sis. Right, or that big sis that can be like, okay, auntie, you, you know, too much, that's, too fried, that's too much fried chicken. You can't have fried chicken every day. And so I feel like I have that ability to do that. And not saying that you have to be black to take care of someone who's black, but I think we have some uh, shared lived experiences where, we can connect and the uh, communication is made easier. And, you know, there's, there's no implicit bias there. Right. So, you know, there's lots of studies that show, there's lots of studies that show that there are people who, all, while they don't consider themselves to be racist, um, still have some stereotypes um, that they employ in their practice um, which affects the care that they provide. So, I agree. Um, and I say, I wrote this article for I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say, I wrote this article from Black Enterprise that said that um, Black providers were more receptive and respondent to patients who came into the Black patients who came into the emergency room, whereas their counterparts, the white healthcare providers, were not as receptive and didn't treat, uh, medically treat the patients um, the same as the Black healthcare providers. And so it was, it was, it was pretty deep. It was uh, based on research. Um, people have these implicit biases, these stereotypes, and I'll be honest, I think everybody has, has them. Mm 
And that's um, what I was going to say. Biases aren't necessarily bad because we all have them. And I think the issue is when people, they don't want to acknowledge the bias because it's yes. a connotation around it. It's, it's, I feel bad for feeling this way. And I think once we acknowledge that this is a feeling and it could be rooted in something that's completely rational, but the way we're acting out on it is irrational or we don't even know how we're acting out on that bias, that's when it starts to affect other people and, and we really have have to, um, you know, take care of that or monitor that. And so I ended up, um, did a panel on implicit bias in healthcare. And we really focused on, I want to say it's a Harvard, um, it's a Harvard review test. And it helps you, if you take it, it helps you see what your biases are. And you can take it like in the privacy of your home. And recognizing who your what your biases are can really help you deliver care in a more you know just a more inclusive fashion absolutely but you have to be open to wanting to know that yeah that's the thing some people like no i don't have biases i don't have yes you do yes you do do. and it's okay we all have them and i think a lot of a lot of what I aim to do with diversity and inclusion and really helping the minority voice of nurses is helping people understand that there is a stigma against minority nurses in healthcare. And it's people who don't even mean to have that stigma, but it's something as simple as the way the nursing schools are structured and the fact that they are catering to just a specific population of people, probably not even on purpose, but when you start having other populations join nursing and you see that the rules and the structures and the practices aren't conducive to everyone who's trying to be a nurse, you have to think, is this the nursing way or is just is this the way you are used to doing it? Because you didn't have to consider someone working two or three jobs, having several kids, needing to work night shift, things like that. And so um, those were my observations is that nursing has been an amazing profession, but we kind of were siloed in the sense of is, is this a way that everybody can be successful in nursing? And if not, why? why? Why are our leadership teams not diverse when you have a population of minority nurses who are excellent leaders, who are excellent charge nurses, excellent supervisors? Where is the disconnect in getting them to the leadership role? It's an, it, it, you got to take a look and say what biases are playing a part and why we aren't in these leadership roles. Because exactly. it's not the motivation. It's not the intelligence and the intellect. Something else is playing a role. And I'm kind of like, let's wave the flag and see what this is. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. And I think there needs to be a lot more diversity um, in nursing leadership. Um, Also, and I'll just say nurses in other areas of not only health and wellness, but politics and mm-hmm. other social organizations and things like that. Because nurses, I think we're really good at our nursing groups, like mm-hmm. our, our, our nursing organizations. And we're really strong. We got a lot to say. But then when we step outside the box or we observe, we're like, how come there are any nurses in this conversation or in that organization and they're making important health decisions? Well, that's because we've not been good about stepping outside the box. We oh my gosh. We have diversity into what we do. So that is the reason why um, I've been very active with like the American Heart Association, um, the American Diabetes Association, even AARP. And I'm not even of AARP age, but what I, and I've I volunteered into those areas and volunteer leadership roles and, you know, helping those organizations who have a health focus and who want to help communities of color, but they needed a health expert 
a nurse, not, you know, they may have had a doctor or two, but they're not nurses. So we, you know, I think doctors and nurses, while we're both important to the healthcare team, bring different things to the table. So being a nurse and then also being a woman of color, I've been able to work with these organizations and help them create and alter and, you know, deliver um, uh, important health information or structure programs that are actually beneficial and useful in the communities in which they want to serve. So and I, I think that's so important that we expand outside of, of the bedside and really see that. And I was so excited when um, Representative Lauren Underwood, so she's the U.S. Representative for Illinois, she's a nurse. And I was just like, yes, like nursing and politics has so much overlap. There's so much that you can contribute to public health and communities. And so um, I absolutely love the work that you're doing um, as a media contributor and really trying to get health and wellness information out to everyone. Um, I think representation is so important and that's something that we talk about a lot on this podcast is that it is important that even though the information is for everybody, so diabetes information, you know, cardiac health information is for everyone, but the fact that it's being delivered by an African-American woman who is a nurse and a well-respected nurse at that, the people who are watching that segment or the people who are tuning in, it's going to get a different impact than it would if, you know, I hate to say it, but say a, a, a white male or a white female was saying it, you'd hear them, but it wouldn't resonate with you as much. Yes. So I have to say, so like with myself, um, being a nurse, I've done really well, was well supported um, by nursing when I'm doing my nursing things. When you step away from the bedside, which is something that we as nurses, we need to change the mindset and stop being so traditional mm-hmm. about how because so much is changing how we deliver information how people are receiving information that we need to be creative in how we are making an impact so like it can be done through policy now i can't speak for um a politician's experience but i know my experience wanting to be a nurse um to deliver health information on tv was not a popular thing at first it was mm-hmm. not and it was almost looked like you want to be an actress? Like, no, no, I'm not acting. I just want to be, you know, I I would constantly see, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, um, older white men in lab coats delivering health information all the time on TV. And I just thought, you know what? I get it, but I'm not sure that the way that it was delivered is resonates with everyone. And I would like, I would like the opportunity because we do patient teaching all the time as nurses, right? I would like my opportunity to do that on television as well. So, um, it was not an easy journey because it started off with blogging, um, then radio, uh, and then it went into television. And I'll have to credit the American Heart Association because it was my community work with them, um, you know, at health fairs, um, in their offices, working on structuring programs. And someone said, someone saw me at a health fair, someone from American Heart saw me at a health fair and said, Alice, you know what? You seem to really engage with the people and they like listening to you and you you know use great analogies would you mind going on kjlh radio to talk about how to be heart healthy during the holidays and i mm-hmm. said sure i'll do it and so i did it once and then they started asking me to come back like oh can you talk about you know how to recognize a stroke and what to do and so that worked well and then the producers were like you know what um we really like having you come on can you talk about other things as well and so started building i know right (laughs) so i started building that way and this was like uh i'm gonna say 2010 so over 10 years ago when i started so it wasn't popular like there weren't like a lot of podcasts you know all of these things that we have now which i'm so happy we have because now it gives other people 
a platform, even if they can't get on KJLH radio or on NBC TV, but an opportunity to talk about important health things. But me being a black woman, um, on, to be able to come, and a nurse, and to be able to come on television and deliver a message, I think I'm able to deliver important health information, represent nursing, and then also represent communities of color because those are things you don't it really is and the fact that you did it um I don't want to say unintentional because I'm really big on the fact that we do set intentions and that's something that maybe was in your heart and mind and just needed somebody to pull it out or bring it to the forefront but just the fact that you did that and it just was so seamless like not only was it necessary you were kind of creating a path that didn't quite exists yet and I think yeah. that's the scary part with where we're at in nursing now is that nursing has transformed so much and I really and I and I see it and that's why I'm like I really want us to be ripe on these opportunities because I do think that we as African-American nurses are a little I don't want to say behind but I want to say behind the ball like right. just joining AHA like there I, I remember I've it wasn't until I got involved in other community organizations that I saw that it was important to join other healthcare community organizations. And I don't right. think that's something we do a lot. We, we may, um, you know, I don't think we join it a lot. I mean, I, I will have to look back that up with research, but I don't think we join a lot of um, professional organizations as minority nurses. I think we were so excited when Black Girls Rock came out because it was finally something for minority nurses to like stand behind and be like, yes. Um, but I'm a big advocate for us getting into professional organizations that may not be just nursing, but again, like one of the, I'm on the Maristar Council and it just, it helps me keep an eye on what the communities need and how, as a nurse, how can I contribute to something beyond just my direct nursing patient population. Absolutely. So like with my journey, so I've um, volunteered with the National Urban League. Mm -hmm. I actually used to ghostwrite for Mark Morial, the president on his health pieces. Nice. Yes, it, um, the NAACP, um, you know, again, like the American Heart. So, so many different organizations. It doesn't, I mean, it's great. It's great and it's important to be a part of a professional nursing organization. Absolutely. Because that's your profession. But I, I encourage nurses, like, what is your passion? Mm. What is it that you really want to do um, in, uh, with your nursing skill? I don't want to say, what do you want to do in nursing? Mm -hmm. Because nursing, although you're a nurse, it doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. So you have the skill set, this knowledge. What are you passionate about? Because you're a nurse, because you're taking care of people. How do you want to take care of your community? Like, how, do you, like, how can you apply what you do on the job to the community and make a difference? And it doesn't always have to be something that my nursing organization because I think we I think a lot of us get stuck that way mm -hmm. and nursing is very traditional mm -hmm. and you know it's like and we have like this the, in a, a traditional pathway CN1 CN2 CN3 CN4 charge nurse manager director like there's this career ladder that we're kind of that's drilled in us as we're in our training in our workplace but no, sis, you don't have to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're good at, whatever you're passionate about, go for it. Mm -hmm. If it's untraditional, if it's off the path, so what? As long as you are operating in with good intentions in mind, mm -hmm. um, you have a greater goal, no, you don't have to go through that traditional pathway. Color outside the lines. Mm -hmm. I, I say go for it. And I think that's been, that's been some of my journey. It's been some of my headache, 
but it's been some of my journey, but I wouldn't change any of it because um, had I not colored outside the line, I would not have discovered or been discovered for the opportunities that I do with media because people looked at me like, oh, a nurse wants to do this? Like they had no idea and didn't even know how to, you know, like, oh, really? We thought only doctors like to do this. No, nurses, matter of fact, we love to do this. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wish we could literally sit at the bedside and educate our patients more. Like, absolutely, it, it's the core of us. So this is just so beautiful. Um, what have, I'm kind of going off topic. I hope it's okay. What have been some of your challenges as a minority nurse? Anything that I've done with my nursing and media stuff, my challenge? Yeah, I mean, because I think um, I, I think that we all face different challenges. And what I love is that sometimes we think it's just us going through a challenge. And so you chalk it up to this is um, this is Kalia's issue or this is uh, Nurse Alice's issue. And then once you share it, you realize, oh, my gosh, this is something that everyone is struggling with or a lot of people are struggling with. So, I mean, any anything, but I know we all are looking for some inspiration and you may have gotten over a hump that somebody else is stuck in right now or someone else didn't know how to navigate so they quit you know so I just think it's so important for us to not just talk about the highs but what was a you know just kind of a low or a challenging or like a just so surprising moment that you were like wow and you let's say knew it was a a contribute a contribution of you being a minority nurse um yes so um, I feel like, um, and I'm just going to say, and this is my lived experience. Other people may not uh, uh, have had the same experience, but I always felt like as a black nurse, I always had to work twice as hard to mm. get the same amount of recognition. I felt like in nursing, um, you know, how in certain areas they have the good old boys club. I feel mm. like there was a good old girls, you know, nurses club, good old girls club in nursing. And I'm using girls because it's a minority, uh, majority of women in that profession. And we know women, sometimes we be catty, you know, it just is what it is. And I just felt that some of my interests, passions were not shared with the leadership of where I was working. So I want to work with, um, in cardiology, uh, cardiology you know, African-Americans disproportionately affected with high blood pressure, heart disease, and all those things. And I really wanted to go after that and target that and do projects around that. But the my leadership felt like, well, this is the priority. This is how we should do it. So I felt like I was always hitting a brick wall. Like, I have this idea, I have this energy, I have this passion. Let me do it. Put me in, coach. And mm-hmm. I felt like, they were like, no, we're not going to do that. But you can do this. So I found myself in an environment where I was having to do things that was doing things that yes, I knew needed to be done, but just didn't, you know, fuel my fire. And I felt like that was a, a downer for me. So I, there are times where I didn't like going to work. I was like, oh. mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't for the patients, but you know, partly because of the, the projects and the leadership and the other things that I wanted to do outside the bedside. And let's, and I'll just say this, having been part of leadership, when you're at work, most of the times their focus is just what you do at work. Not saying they're not interested in your outside activities, but they don't pay you for your outside activities and your outside activities don't necessarily always. Um, they uh, don't see how it directly impacts your exactly. work at work. Exactly. So I had to learn, I had to learn to be okay with that. And then also, um, and this is, it's uncomfortable and no one likes to do it, but some, I had to find an environment that supports me. 
Mm. Right? So you can be a seed. You can be a seed if you're watered and you get enough sun, you will grow. But if you are a seed and you are planted in an environment that's dry, un, you know, unfertilized, <laughs> just, you're not you just gonna sit there and not grow. So I had to um, you know, make some decisions about where I wanted to work. And I know that's hard because everyone has bills to pay and you got to do what you got to do until you can get to do what you want to do. But, you know, in your journey, um, never give up on finding the environment that's going to be most conducive to you and allow you to do the things you really want to do. Because when you get to do that, work doesn't even feel like work. Mm-mm. It doesn't. And I don't, you know, I wish leadership understood that better. If they could just utilize your talents and your skill set and allow you to just go with that. They would be getting all kinds of projects at work. They'd be getting Absolutely. all kinds of everything. But, you know, again, it's very traditional sometimes. Um, so I really encourage people to find a place where they can grow professionally. And then that impacts your physical health, your mental health, and a whole bunch of other things. So nobody wants an unhappy nurse. And sometimes we're unhappy where we work. It's mm-hmm. not the patients. It's never about the patients, but it's just about the other stuff, like the leadership and the, the stuff that goes on behind closed doors. I agree. I think the goal in trying to get a, in, in being a good leader, and I think that this is something that I've learned as I've aspired to leadership roles, is sometimes we know what we don't like, but we don't know what we like. And what I've learned is honing in on more of what you don't like is just as important as finding out what you like. And so knowing that, you know, there were a lot of nurses whose voices weren't being heard, whether minority or otherwise, knowing that I had a platform outside of nursing that I loved and I wanted to bring that into the hospital and say, okay, how can we make our nurses' voices heard more within the hospital? How can we create a more solid nursing culture? How can we, you know, some of the things that I saw we were doing in social media in entrepreneurship that was building really strong communities but then in the hospital we didn't have that strong engaging community I'm like okay let's pull some of these tactics in and I remember going and asking one of my leadership members I was like hey in an effort to strengthen our nursing community let's have a nursing TED talk and I said we have so many years of experience just here within the hospital we have nurses that have been nursing for 40 plus years and brand new nurses what if we just had this like TED talk for nurses week and we just offered them five minutes two minutes three minute segments to speak on patient experience empathy you know whatever our hospital topics are but allow it to be fun like TED talks are fun people love it and it was just like oh well that's cool and then it's like well how can we get our patient scores up and I'm like this was just an idea on how we can get scores up it's not traditional no but when people leave work they're watching TED talks they're watching YouTube videos they're doing these things how can we just pull that culture into the hospital and say you're already doing this you're already looking for motivation and inspiration in you know community let's make it right here within the hospital with the most empathetic, the number one, what is it? It just came out. We're the number one trusted profession 18 years in a row. Why wouldn't we incorporate some of those same things in within the hospital? And so that's where I'm at in my passion. Cause I'm still at the bed. I'm, I'm out of the bedside. I'm an educator, but that's some of where I'm like, where can we integrate? Where can we innovate in nursing right now? Yeah, innovation is a big thing in nurses. You'll hear, I think, like Johnson & Johnson, the American Nurse Association, they're having all these innovation contests and things like that. And I think that's a great start. Um, 
with your example, with the idea that you gave, then they're like, how do I raise scores? And you're like, duh, I just told you. But <laughs> I think some of it is, you know, um, and, I, and I, I believe that some of this will phase out as years go on, but we still have a, a fair amount of people in the nursing profession who are very traditional mm-hmm. and cannot think outside the box. They don't promote in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. There are some people who are meant to, you know, be entrepreneurs and there's some people who are just, you know, let me say this. Some people meant to be leaders and some people meant to be followers and not saying that everyone in the hospital is a follower, but the hospital is the brand. The hospital dictates, this is what we're going to do. This is how we can do it. You can get into it or fall out, fall back. Mm-hmm. But when you're an entrepreneur, you have all these ideas about mm-hmm. how you want to do it and when you want to do it. What's the best way to do it? And I think people who gravitate towards being entrepreneurs are really great leaders. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see more people with that entrepreneurship, creative, innovative style to be leaders in our healthcare systems, because that would be great. Um, we have to be creative because look at our patient population in order to reach the patient population mm-hmm. and make an impact. We have to be doing, we have to do something different. We can't keep doing the same thing because all these things we've been doing for all these years, this is where we're at and we're not where we need to be. So the only way we're going to change, get improved is if we change something and so we have to change how we deliver information like social media. Mm-hmm. I like the idea about Ted talks, you know, like stepping outside the box. As I said earlier, coloring outside the lines, mm-hmm. um, I think there's some fear. I think mm-hmm. there's a fear about coloring out the lines. But, it um, is because healthcare is so traditional and it's so, I want to say sacred in a sense because people have so much trust in the healthcare systems. And so you, you, you're, you're really cautious of what kind of risk you take at, in innovation when you have that much trust in a industry um but just noticing i work with new nurse residents and just noticing the new nurses they're coming in very different nurses than what we were 10 years ago five years ago i've been a nurse in eight years and there's things that i noticed with the new nurses that i'm like oh my gosh i'm old i'm old in nursing i can't believe this like you said 20 years but and i'm like eight years oh my god i'm an old nurse but you have to cater to where our new nurses are coming in and what's going to keep them. I want to say our new turnover rates are four, four years burnout in four years. People aren't staying in bedside nursing for 10 plus years. And so I think it's a flag to our healthcare systems to say, if four years is the average, you either need to be pumping nurses out pretty quickly, or we need to come up with a better retention plan. So. Absolutely. Um, and figure out why. Like, why are they being burned out? Like, mm-hmm. what is it that's happening in the hospital that's burning them out? And just my experience, what burned me out was not leadership, not being receptive to my ideas or my passions. So what I was really once excited about doing, I kind of, you know, they took the wind out of my sails and were like, mm-hmm. no, no, and no. I kept hearing like, no, no, no. Like, you can tell someone no long enough, they're like, I'm out of here. This is, I'm going to go somewhere where someone's going to tell me yes. And the tough part is, um, and, and let me know your thoughts on this, but I think the tough part is when you have a really good doctor at a hospital, that doctor gets leeway to be innovative. They get leeway to create programs that they're passionate about. They get the leeway to, you know, hey, I want to do my cardiac patients this way and I want to send them this way. And the hospital stands behind it and they say, you know, we have this new innovative cardiac program try it out 
And I feel like when nurses who are already the driving force of the hospital come up with things, it's like, okay, pipe down, you know, stay over there. We're going to do this. Deliver your meds within an hour. Don't forget to follow up and update your whiteboards. That's the new thing. Update your whiteboards and your smart boards. And you're like, but I have an idea that could grow this program, that can grow this unit. that can. And they're like, sounds good you know, keep doing what you're doing, pat on the back. And you're like, hmm. Exactly. That's the environment that a lot of nurses find themselves in. So, um, and sometimes we have to be in those positions because we have to pay the bills and I get mm-hmm. it. But I think, and, but that's where, you know, your outside activities can make a big impact um, in, you know, allowing you to pursue your passions, feel even more, you know, really fulfill your purpose. Uh, with serving the people that you, you know the population you really want to serve and in a way that you enjoy kind of on your terms um so um and that's why I do so much outside activity sometimes I feel like I do more outside activities than I do work but you know I'm still utilizing my skill set as a nurse and I'm able to do what I do outside because I am a nurse so that's I enjoy beautiful. it Well, we didn't get to a few of our questions, but is there anything that you want to discuss, address? Is there any, you know, anything specific that we can do to help support you? I mean, this is kind of just like, what what are some of your closing remarks? Yes. So um, one of, so I have um, recently become uh, an exclusive NBC health contributor. So I'll be doing local and national things. So I'm really, really excited about that. And I really would like to see more nurses doing things in the media um, and expressing, you know, using their expertise in the variety of areas, whether you're an oncology nurse, cardiac nurse, uh, lactation nurse, all of these things. There's so much information that I feel like if we were able to shift the paradigm and do a lot of community education and deliver important health information uh, in ways where we meet their patients where they are, like they're at home watching TV, they're watching YouTube, they're listening to podcasts, they're, you know, listening to the radio. If we can meet patients where they are, I think that that can eventually shift the paradigm and provide the preventive education so we don't see them as much or when they come to the hospital, they're not as critical. So uh, I know it doesn't sound very traditional. A lot of people use social media, which is great. I love that you have a podcast and I just want to encourage nurses to do it. I mean, whether you start your own show, get on someone else's show, I really want to encourage nurses to get out there and use their skill set to really promote health and wellness so we can get on the preventative side because some of what I feel we do in the healthcare is sick care. It's not healthcare, it's sick care. Mm -hmm. I want to really get back to healthcare and healthcare is about health prevention, health promotion. And that's, you know, that's the stuff that I would like to see uh, a majority of nurses kind of get back to. So excited. Thank you so much for contributing with us today. Um, and thank you for being a guest on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Have me back anytime. Yes. Oh, what's your social media handles? How can we find you, follow you, figure, you know, watch you, all of that good stuff? Yes. So all my social media handles are Ask Nurse Alice. Um, I made it easy for everyone so you can find me. And my website is also asknursealice.com. So I blog about different health um, issues and things like that. I do talk to my nurses and on social media, I'm just interactive with everybody. And I get a lot of people ask me questions. So um, whether you want to ask me a nursing question, a healthcare question, uh, any of those type of things, I'm, I'm down to answer. So follow me at Ask Nurse Alice. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 
And that's our show for today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue to listen and share this podcast with your favorite nurse friends. You can follow us online at Black Girl Blue Scrubs on Instagram and email us at info at blackgirlbluescrubs.org to submit feedback or share your nursing story. You can also email us on topics you would like to recommend or guest speakers you want to hear from. Visit our website at www.blackgirlbluescrubs.org and subscribe to be the first to know about podcast episodes and meetups in a city near you. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Through the Nursing Lens.